Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment. It is crazy to think, but folks, we've reached day seven of the 2021 Indian Wells to this point in the tournament on this segment. We are 16 and 20, down 3.68 units overall. Quite frankly, I'm disappointed. You listeners deserve better. I hold myself to a higher standard than that. You break it down by category. We're 2-5 and five in our single match money line selections down a unit overall. We did earn a victory in the money line category yesterday as we took Karen Hetchanov to knock off Pablo Carreno Busta. He did just that. You look at the spreads, the over-unders. I just haven't gotten the values quite right. Now, from a record per st- uh, standpoint, perspective, whatever word you want to use, 11-9 and nine, sounds pretty good. But we're down 0.76 units overall on those picks. Again, right idea, poor execution. That's something to keep in mind. We're 3-4 and on the parlays plus 0.08 units overall. That feels about right. Futures bets is what really has our overall unit total down, though. As I expected, one of Krejcikova or Garbine Muguruza to emerge out of that quarter of the draw. Unfortunately, both of them knocked out prior to the quarterfinal round beginning. As such, we go 0-2 on our futures picks, down two units overall. Again, we're 16-20 for the tournament down 3.68 units we are going to make a push here down the home stretch I think it's time folks to go big or go home and of course you look at Wednesday's matches on the grounds at Indian Wells it's going to be difficult to find value find sure things we've reached the round of 16 in the men's singles competition all eight matches being played on Wednesday expect parity expect upsets expect surprises and nevertheless we are going to find value in those picks of course on the women's side we're going to get half of our quarterfinal action you get Ostapenko taking on Shelby Rogers you get Vika taking on Jessica Pagula should be a fantastic day of tennis and of course on this show what I want to do as we do each and every day of this tournament offer you my picks my predictions for how the action is going to play out I'll run you through my favorite money lines my favorite underdogs the over-unders the spreads of course I've got a parlay for all of you to end today's show want to share my thoughts here on day seven at Indian Wells of course before we do that I do want to quickly remind all of you daily recaps of all the action can be found on our mini break podcast if you're interested in bonus content we're doing match of the day segments for our Crack Rackets Patreon family if you would like to hear those or support our work you can become a Patreon member today by going to our website crackrackets.com but with all of that said let's talk through day seven's picks here are my gsp ace of the day selections for wednesday october 13th at indian wells let's start with the money lines the underdogs again it's a difficult day for these sorts of picks you look at the women's matches uh, slim pickings again thin margins between the two opponents you look at our matchups on the day we do have two favorites Yelena ostapenko right now minus 140 over Shelby Rogers at plus 114. That's your 9 p.m. Eastern time match. You've also got Jessica Pegula, minus 130 against Victoria Azarenka, who's at plus 105. That is your 6 p.m. match. 
Again, Vika's the last remaining former Indian Wells champion in the draw. She's won the event two times. She's looked outstanding in her past two wins over Petra Kvitova, over Alexandra Sasnovich. Most importantly, she's just looked healthy. And for Vika, who's won over 75% of her matches this season, it's just been a matter of staying healthy. I think she suffered four losses throughout the course of the year where she's just had to withdraw from the event. And obviously, this surface a little bit slower for her. gives her that much more time to get to the ball gives her that much more time to hit through that ball of course you look for jpeg jessica pagula she's firmly in the race for the year-end finals to guadalajara trails elena Svitolina for eighth place if you remove Barty and osaka by just one point she wins this match she will ascend to that eighth spot she will put herself in the pole position for that final spot in guadalajara of course, for Jessica Pagula, quarterfinals at these major sort of events, that's been the name of the game, a round of 16 for her, U.S. Open, or I, I want to say quarterfinals for her, Australia, and of course, quarterfinals for her and semifinals in Dubai and Doha, respectively. She uh, now, of course, makes the quarterfinals here at Indian Wells also. Again, this match is a pick because Vika is particularly comfortable on these Indian Well courts, but Jessica Pagula is as confident as any player right now on a hard court in the women's game, and so you can understand the thin margins there. You look on the flip side, though, I do think Yelena Ostapenko, minus 140 today, ends the run of Shelby Rogers. Excuse me, minus 135 for her today against Shelby Rogers. Those odds updating right as I am speaking to all of you. Look, for Yelena Ostapenko, I think we can almost ask the question— is she back? And for Ostapenko, who of course took the tennis world by storm when she won the French Open back in 2017 as a 19-year-old, she's back up to number 25, uh, 29 Excuse me, in the live rankings, has worked her way into returning to the top 30, and she's done it the hard way. You look for her overall on the season, 31-17 and 17 on the year, she's 17-6. and six. Since she won that title in Eastbourne at the end of June, you look at her run since that stretch of time. Fi- again, title in Eastbourne, she beats Conteve, she beats Rabakina, she beats Kasakina, she beats Jabour, she beats Pavlochenkova. That's about as impressive of a five-match stretch, Grand Slam or not, as you're going to find from any player here this season. Now, you go to Wimbledon, loses a three-set third-round match to Alia Tomjanovic, but of course, the round prior had beaten Kasakina 8-6 in the third. In the first round, beats U.S. Open finalist Leila Fernandez 1-2. Now, you know, she suffers back-to-back losses. Vesnina, three sets Olympics. That's not great. Sinyakova, Montreal, 1-3. You'd like to see a little bit better, but... You know, three-set loss for her to Kerber, round of 16 in Cincinnati. Three-set loss for her to Clara Tawson in the finals of Luxembourg after she had beaten Samsonova, after she had beaten Alize Cornet. She then plays Ostrava the very next week before bowing out to Maria Sakari. You look at what she's accomplished here this week. Wins over Suwesi, Yulia Putinseva, Iga Sviantek for Yelena Ostapenko again in this 17-6 and stretch. She's 11-2 and against top 50 opponents. She's 3-1. and against top 20 opponents. She's been playing high-level competition the duration of this stretch, and she's beating that competition. And you look for Yelena Ostapenko from a number standpoint. She's holding serve 65.6% of the time. Not only is that a career high for her, it's a career high by 4.7%. So significant jump for her on serve this season. And of course, subsequently, it's not going to surprise any of you to learn career high in first serve percentage made, career high in first serve points won, career high in second serve points won. 
She's doing it across the board, and perhaps most impressively, she's cut down on some of the errors. Her double fault percentage, 8.9% for her career. She's down to 6.6 this season, which isn't great, but given her go-for-broke mentality, you can understand she's always going to try to be more aggressive on that uh, serve, and look, she's having success doing it. You look at her win percentage here this season overall in the year, as I mentioned here in 2021, 31-17. That's a 65% win percentage. That's her highest since 2017, when she she won 68% of her matches going 45 and 21 and of course winning the French Open that season. Ostapenko, it's worth remembering, is still just 24 years old and it makes sense that as a 24-year-old she's started to find her footing. Of course the talent was always obvious. In terms of Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club, I say it all the time. There's that house at the back of the neighborhood that Yelena Ostapenko owns every Halloween. It depends. Some years she goes all out. Other years there's a bowl of candy and the lights are off and she says, take what you can until it's gone. We have the lights are on Yelena Ostapenko here down the home stretch of 2021. And again, at age 24, it makes sense that she's found her footing, that she's found her maturity, that she's able to bring her best performance a little bit more consistently match in, match out. And, you know, while we still see the on-court the gestures that that's part of what makes Ostapenko such a compelling uh view she's minimized them she still of course gets angry gets emotional on the court but she's done a better job of channeling that emotion in a positive way and using that to fuel her fire throughout the course of matches of course she's got a battle on her hands as she's taking on in my opinion a top 20 player on hard courts this season in Shelby Rogers you look for Rogers 29 and 21 overall on the year 20 and 11 on hard courts this season. Of course, that includes runs Australia, round of 16, U.S. Open, round of 16. She, uh, of course, makes, I believe, a run to Cincinnati, round of 32, knocked out by Belinda Benchich. She makes Adelaide quarterfinals, knocked out by Goff, Yara Valley Classic quarterfinals, knocked off by Barty. She beats Ashley Barty at the U.S. Open before getting knocked out by Emma Raducanu, beats Andrescu in Chicago as well. Again, 20 and 11 here on hard courts. You break it down by ranking. She's 10 and 6 against top 50 players, 4 and 5 against the top 20, has found herself in the mix against those players here this year. But you look for Shelby, she's played a couple of physical matches here over her past couple in Indian Wells. The three-set victory for her, 7-6, again, in the third over Layla Fernandez. That was just, that match was a battle. Two, and th- two hours, 34 minutes on court. And I'm not saying as though Ostapenko has not battled here this week. Of course, she played the three-setter against Putin Seva in round two. Four and three win in an hour and a half over Sviantec is certainly not going to feel good for the legs. But I just think this is Ostapenko's moment. I think she can match Roger shot for shot from a power perspective. I think, you know, again, Shelby's serve may be a bit more dynamic on this surface, but I just, I like how aggressive Ostapenko is from the ground. I love the fact that because Shelby hits a heavy top spin ball, particularly on that forehand wing, you know, again, there are going to be times when, uh, when, Ostapenko is just going to be able to bunt down on that ball, use that topspin, absorb, redirect it. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how she handles that Shelby Rogers serve. But again, if we're playing strength for strength here, Ostapenko, 65.6% hold percentage uh, for Shelby Rogers. She's at 708 this season. That's actually super impressive. But from a break perspe- uh, percentage perspective, uh, Ostapenko, 44.3%. Shelby Rogers, 35.6%. Again, I think on this surface, 
given that the Rogers strength is the serve, I think this is the surface where that's going to be neutralized. I do think Ostapenko is still going to have clean looks on the return of serve. She's going to have the opportunity to take time away from Shelby. I like Ostapenko in this matchup. I agree with the metrics. As I mentioned, minus 135 favorite according to DraftKings. You look at the tennis abstract uh, singles forecast. She's a 56.4% favorite as well. We're going big or going home. So we're rolling with Yelena Ostapenko on the money line. Minus 135 over Rogers. Now, she could lose this match 0-1-1. We have to be aware. Yelena Ostapenko is capable of doing that. And the real dirty secret to gambling in tennis is the the beauty of the live bet or I suppose the nature of the live bet and that's a discussion we're going to discuss uh have I should say on this podcast after the season with our friend tennis channels Kale Hammond uh but again I like Ostapenko here I just think she's in slightly better form 7-6 in the third for Rogers takes a lot out of the legs give me Ostapenko we're going to throw one unit on the minus 135 to win 0.74 that's ace of the day number one of course you look at the other money lines quickly for the men's side again you know, the the players you feel most confident about, you're just not going to get great value in. Alex Virev, minus 550 over Monfils. I know some people just have a no bet on Zira, period, policy. Uh, but again, money line, that's no fun. You'd rather look at the spread. Tsitsipas, minus 500, same deal. You'd rather look at the spread. Hatchinov, minus 320. Sinner, minus 255. Medvedev, minus 800. You know, Kasper Ruud, who I think was minus 250 or something like that. Minus, uh, excuse me, 235. If you're going to bet them individually, you'd rather bet on the spread. And that, of course, is where we get to our spreads and the over-unders we like on the day. And let's start with Kasparud, who, of course, delivered us the goods earlier here uh, in this event. You look for Kasparud, knocked out Lloyd Harris, 6-7-6-4-6-4. That certainly was a physical, testy affair. And for Kasparud, he's coming off of uh, a win in San Diego at that title there the week before. Five titles for him here this season. He's won about 80% of his matches, I believe, when you look for Kasparud here on the year. I want to say 44 and 12, excuse me. He is, yeah, 43 and 11, a little bit higher than that since the start of Indian Wells. But Rude's been exceptional, regardless of surface. And look, he's playing a guy in Diego Schwartzman who he beat earlier this season, not too long ago. You look for Casper Rude when he played Diego Schwartzman back at Cincinnati earlier this season for Rude. He earned a 6 4, 6 3 victory. Now, that's a key number. What is that? It's five games there. We look for the value on the board tomorrow for Casper Rude, minus two and a half games over Schwartzman. You get him down to minus 160. So, again, the money line's minus 255, minus two and a half games is 160. You think he's going to win comfortably by breaks? You don't think Schwartzman's going to get a set? You can get that number at minus 110 as well. Well, I Christian pondered doing that, but in the end decided to go with the minus two and a half because Schwartzman has been sneaky good this season. He's number one amongst top 50 players in terms of break percentage. He's, you know, actually won 62.5% of his matches on the year, which would be the highest win percentage of his career. He's quietly, you know, round of 16 U.S. Open, quarterfinals, uh, Roland Garros, just, you know, he's gotten to the rounds he's supposed to get to. He's beaten who he's supposed to beat at almost every event here this season. Schwartzman's just a tough out physically, and to watch Schwartzman battle uh, in his previous match with Dan and Evans, you just feel like this match is going to be a track meet. If I could take any bet, it would be that this match goes over two hours of play, but that bet's not available. That said, 
Kasparud can match Schwartzman as a returner. He's a top 15 club sort of guy, and I just think Kasparud's got the better serve. You break it down by hold percentage, Kasparud holding 86.4% of the time, Schwartzman 76.4. That 10% gap on this surface I do think does make a difference. I think it's going to be that much easier for Kasparud to create a few free points throughout the course of this match. That's why I give him the slight edge. Minus two and a half games is a slight edge. We'll take it at minus 160. This is where we're going big folks two units on this one two unit wager to win 1.25 take me home casper road please otherwise i guess we are going home uh but so give me rude minus two and a half games over schwartzman minus 160 two units to win 1.25 i'm also gonna ride with the sin man who has just been quietly exceptional throughout the course of the year and by the way for yannick sinner for casper Ruud, honestly for diego schwartzman as well there is some desperation in today's matches, and in particular for Sinner, who, along with Hercots and Kasparud, who are all three competing today, honestly, Karatsev, Nori, Schwartzman in there as well. Those are your five guys competing for those final two spots at the men's year-end championships. I talked about it with Vika and Pagula earlier. I do think that's why this is such a critical match between Rude and Schwartzman, and I'm leaning Rude. And I do think for Yannick Sinner, this is another chance for him to not only keep pace, but begin to separate himself, as he's got a very winnable match against Taylor Fritz, and you look for Yannick Sinner this season again. He's just been sneaky exceptional. He's won, uh, I believe you look for him overall here now in 2021. He is at, I believe, yeah, a 38 and 17 record. You look for Sinner that 38 and 17. That's the highest win percentage of his career. He's holding 80.3% of the time, breaking serve 25.4% of the time. Those are right around his career averages, but of course, it's so early in his career. What's most notable is the improvements he's made on serve. He's winning 64% of his service points. That's a career high. He's winning 54.4% of his second serve points. That's the career high. His ace percentage up to 5.8%. And just again, the serves become a bit bigger. He's obviously become that much more effective with his plus one ball. And you look for Yannick Sinner quietly has been dominant on hard courts this year 28 and 9 on the year that's a 76 percent win percentage of course he won the title in sofia won the title at the city open made the final at the miami masters wins the title in australia to start the year you look for him in cincinnati he loses to isner in three sets in uh at the u.s open it's a straight set loss in the round of 16 to alex zverev he beats who he's supposed to beat nowadays. That's the phase Yannick Sinner has entered, and you look for him 14th, obviously, right now in the li- uh, in the current ATP rankings. You look for him in the live rankings. Yannick Sinner up to a new career high, number 13 here with his success this week. First Indian Wells main draw, and just, again, this surface, slow, high bouncing, that much more time for him to hit his ground strokes cleanly, that much more time for him to bunt down on those balls given the elevation, the contact point he's able to make. I just... I don't know how you're going to... Yannick Sinner, Indian Wells, I think are going to go hand in glove throughout the course of the young Italian's career. And look, Taylor Fritz was exceptional in knocking off an Italian yesterday in Matteo Berrettini, 4-3. And And look, 4-3 and wins for him over both Berrettini and Nakashima. He's into the Indian Wells round of 16, which was much needed for Fritz. And you look at it with this result, Taylor Fritz now back into the top 35. He's at number 33 in the live rankings. You look for Fritz. That's better than his 39th in terms of points accumulated on the season. Obviously, he's another guy who's going to thrive on this surface, a hard court, which makes it that much easier for him to move on. That's a slow hard court, gets him an extra half second to actually track down the ball. Again, given the bounce, the height of the ball, he's able to bunt down on the shot. His kick serves super effective on these courts. 
But again, everything he does, I think Yannick Sinner does a bit better. And the difference between Sinner and Berrettini, Sinner's got the same sort of firepower to still stress the movement of Taylor Fritz, but he's much more disciplined and he's much more consistent off of both wings, forehand, backhand. He's able to hurt Fritz uh, off of both sides. He'll be comfortable moving forward as well when the opportunities present itself, when Fritz floats a slice. He's a better returner than Berrettini is as well, and he won't be as impacted by the heavy kick serve of Taylor Fritz. I just think this match has Yannick Sinner's name written all over, and of course, he's had a couple of days off, looked so good in a 2-2 two and two win over Millman, hasn't played since as he got a withdrawal from Isner after Isner had to fly home uh, for the birth of one uh, of a new ch- a child of his. Shout out to you, John Isner. Hey, great shot. You're the weird, I suppose that's the real ace of the day. Shout out to Mrs. Isner. I suppose she's the real winner on the day. But point being, I like Fritz. Uh, I like Sinner to knock off Fritz. And I like it at minus three and a half games. You can get minus 105. That's a break in each set. Sinner did look that good against John Millman. I know he hasn't played in a little bit, but give me the Sin Man full unit on that. One unit to win 1.95. That is your third ace of the day. Of course, you look at the over-unders, the other spreads I like on the day. If you want to take either women's match to go over two and a half sets, no problem with that. You'll get plus 130 or better odds. Hercats Karatsev, Paul Nori, I think is going to get really physical tonight. That's probably my favorite bet that I'm not doing on the board. Sinner Fritz, Tsitsipas Demon, I just think Demon's going to make that match attract me. Good luck getting a ball by him on this surface. Of course, I do think Hercats knocks off Karatsev, and if you're going to take him, I would do it at the game spreads. Minus 2.5 is minus 130, minus 3.5 is plus 110. His money line is minus 180. Medvedev. They're only giving you four and a half games. That's a lot of games for him against an informed Dimitrov, but it is minus 120, so that's interesting. Hatchinov minus three and a half games over Basilish Vili is interesting. But of course, I had to offer you all a parlay. So I'm going to avoid some of those money lines, some of those spreads that I do, uh, excuse me, some of those spreads and over unders that I enjoy. And throw all of those money lines into just one massive four-man favorite men's parlay. Let's go with the aforementioned picks, the spreads I like best. Those are also the players I like best. I think this surface is perfect for Karen Hatchinov. Ball goes right into his strike zone. He's got all of the time in the world, his serve, his forehand, uh, you know, because of that big backswing. He's just got more time to get into his plays. His physicality is stressed out. He's a guy happy to go two and a half, three hours in each and every match that he plays. And, you know, again, I just, this is a perfect surface for him. You flash back to 2019, he should have beaten Rafa in that event. And, you know, he loses that match 6-6, six and six, but that was when he should have won it. So I do think this is a place he's always had success. What was that, round of 16, quarterfinals, I want to say, in 2019. I think Hatchinoff beats Basilishvili, minus 320. We'll throw him in the mix. We'll throw Sinner over Fritz, minus 255. Rude over Schwartzman, just to win, minus 235. And then Hercots over Karatsev, minus 180. You throw the four of them together. You do get plus 305 odds. Now, for a four-person parlay, that's not exceptional, but just good enough to be our parlay of the day. Give me again. And for Hercots, he's got to keep pace with Sinner, with Rude to qualify for the year-end final. So again, there's just that extra bit of urgency for him. I think all four of these guys win. At plus 305, we're going to throw half a unit on it to win 1.52. Again, the theme of today, go big or go home. Give me Ostapenko, minus 135 over Rogers, one unit to win 0.74. Rude, minus two and a half games over Schwartzman, minus 160, two units to win 1.25. Sinner, minus three and a half games over Fritz, minus 105, one unit to win 0.95. Then give me Hatchinoff, 
Sinner, Rude, and Hercots on a four-person money line parlay plus 305, 0.5 units to win 1.52. Those are your aces of the day. Of course, as I mentioned at the top, recaps of each and every day's action over on our mini break podcast feed. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, excuse me, if you need the more immediate updates, let's try that again. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it is at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Flingner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at tennis point tennis point.com the promo code is cr15 with all of that said our aces of the day for wednesday october 13th ostapanko money line rude and sinner game spreads a hatchinov sinner rude her cats money line parlay with that said you know what we say hey great shot and may the odds be ever in your favor talk tomorrow everyone